Hello, good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Paranormal Gateway Paratalk. If you don't already know who we are, my name is Teresa Kraft. I am the founder of Paranormal True Seekers, and my co-host is Scott Wise, and he is the founder of Ghostly Gateway Paranormal Investigations. Um, we hope you all had an amazing week, and if you're joining us for the first time, we hope that you stick around. Um, this will also get shared on YouTube, so if you're joining us on YouTube, again, we hope that you stick around and subscribe to our page. So, we have a special guest joining us um, this week again, um, someone that Scott has been looking very forward to getting onto our show, uh, <laughs> so he's very excited about this week. Um, joining us tonight is, um, and I don't want to pronounce his last name wrong, so he can <laughs> yell at me if I do later. Um, but joining us tonight is Mike Ricksecker. Um, Mike is an Amazon bestseller mystery author. He's a director. He's a producer. He has won the award for excellent media in the paranormal field at the 2019 Shockfest Film Festival. Mike has had articles published in places such as Paranormal Underground Magazine and The Baltimore Sun and more. Um, that's just two of them for you. <laughs> he has appeared on multiple television shows and, pro and programs as a paranormal historian, including Animal Planets, The Haunted, <clears throat> Travel Channels, The Alaskan Triangle, <clears throat> Bio Channels, My Ghost Story, Ren TV's Mysteries of Mankind. He's been on uh, Fox News, Fox 5 News. He's been on Fox 25 News, um, ABC 3 News. And he is the producer of his own internet shows, Ghost and Lessons and Paranormal Roads and Friday Night Ghost Frights. On Tuesday nights, he hosts The Edge of the Rabbit Hole live stream show and Beyond the Shadows on the Haunted Road Media YouTube channel. Um, Haunted Road Media is also his own paranormal and supernatural book publishing and video production company, which represents a number of paranormal authors. Mike serves the paranormal community as a paranormal investigator, investigator and ghostorian um, with Society of the Haunted. He has nearly 30 years of involvement in this community already. And he regularly travels to speak about the supernatural phenomenon and writings. And on top of all of this, y'all, he is actually also a father of four. Wow. I want to know how he does it all. <laughs> Good evening, Mike. Good evening, <laughs> Teresa Good evening. Scott. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate that, that, that it. That was a mouthful. It, it's a little bit. And Teresa, you did say my name correctly, so I appreciate it. <laughs> I used to live on a road that was B-Sacker, so I'm like, okay, the last of it has to be has to be pronounced Sacker. <laughs> if right, I'm exactly. wrong, he can yell at me later. I, I, you know, and I've watched some of your YouTube videos and tried to make okay. sure that I got it down just right. So <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> I know accents and everything can kind of make things sound a little bit different too sure. sometimes. So, yeah. yes, and and I hear well, it a lot. I don't think out I have here. too much of an accent, but you know. Well, you guys though, <laughs> you guys are well. You're a native to Ohio, Scott. He's he's you know been out there for a few years. 
but we're both from Pennsylvania originally. And oh, since I've been out here in Indiana, I get it all the time. I get it all the mm -hmm. time from these Hoosers out here that I have an accent. I'm like, <laughs> y'all, I don't think I have an accent. I think I, I'm pretty. It's the same with me too. I don't know. It's I don't so hear it. weird. Like well, I don't, I don't hear it when I speak, but apparently I do. I'll tell you, I mean, I, I was born in Ohio and I do live here now, graduated high school from Ohio, but in the middle of it all, uh, I spent 10 years as a kid, basically from when I was three until I was 13 out in Massachusetts. So when I moved back to Ohio, oh. I was getting that same thing that, you know, I had a funny accent, you know, from, from New England. So I, I did yeah. get that for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. And I can definitely hear the difference from somebody who is further up north like that than even down. Mm -hmm. We're more the Dutchy. We're more the Amish kind well, of Dutchy. Yeah. Kind of, you right. know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my girl. Well, you got the Amish out here so. in Indiana and Ohio too, so you would think that oh, yeah, yeah, kind of like absolutely. mesh right on in, but yeah. apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> so you are an absolute busy man, and and I've got a few things going the, on. The first thing that intrigues <laughs> me, and and I ask this a lot of some of our guests who, you know, like you, you have a lot on your plate. You you keep yourself busy in the paranormal community, which, you know, hey, props, man. Like, you know, I have a lot of respect for that. But you're also a father of four. So how how do you juggle all of this? How do you make it all work with, you know, without without um, spending too much time on on one thing? That's an excellent question. Uh, <laughs> the secret is my kids are grown. So okay. So my my well my my youngest is uh, in his freshman year of college, but uh, the other the other three, uh, well, the oldest kind of went off and did his own thing. The other two have already graduated college and they're you know off living their lives. So awesome. yeah, the, yeah. So did you kind but, you of know, start... when, they, when it was, it was, of course, when they were younger, a lot more, you know, challenging. So basically, right. you know, when they went to bed at about nine o'clock at night, that's really kind of when my evening got started and I was working on my writing and, and other things. And then um, my daughter investigated with me for a little while okay. while she was in high school, which is around 15, 16 years old. Yeah. Nice. I yeah. like seeing the, the family, but you know, it, I, I, yeah. I absolutely love that. I've got, a 13 year old, a seven year old and a three year old. And my 13 year old is constantly begging like, mom, when can I come on an investigation? <laughs> I'm like, no, not. He wanted to come along to Hensdale with us the other weekend. Mm. I'm like, no. no, bud, that is not a place to be taking you for your first investigation. Yeah, first wait till they get a little older. We'll, you know. we'll, go, yeah. we'll go scope out some cemeteries or stuff first. Like, you know, we'll, <laughs> I got to break you in first before we go doing something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, but what would yeah. be good? It's just like a, like a normal day tour of some historic location that is possibly also haunted. And so you kind of break yeah. them in a little bit that way. Yeah. yeah, we've yeah. we've broken in that way. We broke him in our old house. Our old house had a lot mm -hmm. of activity in it. Oh, and now okay. he he sees the old man here at this house. The old man likes him at this house. I don't think he cares for me too much because I'm I'm a tough mom. So <laughs> he 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 talks to the boys and not me. <laughs> gotcha. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it. <laughs> so I also saw that you have had the privilege of actually working with um Jack Osborne. Oh yeah, on Fright Club. That was uh, pretty recent here. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. So you know everything he was going like on. A with, lot of fun. He he wasn't. I had no idea when that whole thing 
uh, went down. I had no idea it was going to be Jack Osborne and the, and the Ghost Brothers. I'd met the Ghost Brothers uh, before, you know, kind of one of them over here, two of them over there at different uh, conferences and stuff. So I was oh, okay. dealing with those guys. And um, yeah, when, when that happened with Fright Club last year, of course, everything's going on with COVID. So nobody's right. flying out anywhere. We're doing everything mm -hmm. remotely. And, you know, I got asked if I could talk about uh, shadow entities in a, in a couple of episodes of, at that time, it was called My Paranormal Evidence. They hadn't renamed it to Freight Club. And so I was like, sure, oh, okay. I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. And so I was only talking with the producers at that point in time. And they're like, okay, we're going to get you on this Skype call. And, you know, the guys are going to ask you questions. They didn't tell me who. <laughs> and uh, they sent me a couple of clips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I was surprised. They sent me a couple of clips to, to watch and go over. Like, yeah, I could talk about that stuff and then all of a sudden when the skype call went live it's like there's jack of the ghost brothers like, oh hey guys <laughs> so that was a lot of fun that'd be wild <laughs> yeah it, it wasn't there was a lot of stuff that actually did not make the show of course some banter that we had going back and forth that was that was pretty funny like there was um, um with the one uh the, it was uh jack that was uh, he had said, well, you know, could this possibly be an elemental? And so they had a little back and forth going on uh, with uh, with Jack and the Ghost Brothers. Uh, I think it was Dalen. And, uh, you know, talking about, you know, could this possibly be an elemental? And then Dalen asked Jack, so so what is an elemental? And Jack's like, uh, uh, right. uh, Mike, what's an elemental? <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> So yeah, that was fun our, stuff. For our viewers that don't understand what that is, because Scott, I don't even think we've done a lot of talking about that on our show yet. Mm -hmm. Can can you explain what is an elemental? And you can do it a lot better than we can. I, I'll put yeah. it that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is it's it's a type of entity. It's it's not human. Uh, you know, it's associated with you know our elements of the earth. You know, earth, uh, water, fire, air, and you know they're you know, they're an entity that's associated with, you know, some sort of, you know, property. Like you, right. we talk about like earth elementals, we're talking like gnomes and fairies and things like that. An air elemental could be like some sort of mist. Um, water elementals could be, and, and this is kind of interesting when it comes to like the whole fairy and fey realm that, you know, some of these could even be a mix, you know, because like water sprites, is that really an earth elemental like right. other fairies or are they possibly like, or would they be a water elemental if they're hanging out there, you know, by the water? So there's some, you know, uh, gray area with these things as well. Right. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of gray area mm -hmm. from what we've come to kind of figure out with this field. It's because certain things can be presented as one thing, but then you can also present it as another. And when, when you can present it in, in two different kind of factors here, it, it does. It leaves you in that gray area of, well, what exactly are we dealing with? What is this? And, and how can we easily explain it? You know, it's, it's hard to try to explain certain things with the paranormal to somebody who is one, either just downright closed-minded, you know, about the paranormal or two, just they, they're open-minded about it, but they just don't know anything about it. So it, it kind of makes it very difficult to try to explain certain things because it's, this is a very vast field. There, there's a lot of different, a lot of different things that are involved in this field. It's not just Oh yeah, that's a ghost. It's not. <laughs> there, and there are so many things in, involved with it. It's yes, I and there I cannot are, there are. wait to read your yeah. book because 
you're, you know, you're one about the shadows. I cannot wait mm -hmm. to read that book. Scott's like, you've got to get that book, Teresa. I'm like, I'm on it. I promise I'm getting it. <laughs> yeah. yeah and I, even with that book, I leave it really open as, you know, you make up your own mind what you think these things really may be. And I lay out, you know, a lot of different possibilities, you know, uh, you know, I think that a kind of quote unquote true shadow person is an interdimensional being, but some of these are actually human spirits. Some may right. be uh, astral projectors, some may be time travelers, they could be extraterrestrials. There's a lot of different possibilities as to what they could be. And so I, I leave it open uh, to the yeah. interpretation of the reader. I, I absolutely love your concept about how, yeah. you know, we could be dealing with something that is, is in a different dimension. Um, you you were telling a story about an investigation that you were going on and that you had went on and it was, you heard the door, the sound of like the door that it had went through. And that was, so, that was, I, I don't know, like I, I'm so intrigued in stuff like that. And it, it puts a whole different concept when the paranormal when you really start to intertwine all of the other different factors and when i read that i was like oh man like this guy is on point like he's so on because a lot of people still don't talk about that it's just i don't know if it's that they don't understand that this is something that could be a possibility and you definitely can't write it off because we're still learning so much when it comes to what this is all about like i i absolutely love that story <laughs> yeah and and uh you know we really are still learning a lot about this we do have to keep an open mind about these things and yeah that moment there and that was a good 10 11 years ago now uh, that now, was one that at? really that was at a uh at the time it was a restaurant called johnny v's it was in muskogee oklahoma uh okay. they the restaurant had actually just shut down. Uh, they were closing up shop there, but the owners were letting us in there to go ahead and investigate like one last time. So I have no idea oh, what okay. the building is these days. And it had been many things throughout its life. It had been a dance hall uh, at one point. It had been some other different shops. And so it had been a lot of different things. And uh, at that point in time, it was a restaurant. But yeah, I had walked in uh, through the main doors to the kitchen, we had we'd wrapped up the investigation. A couple of guys were up in the bar area just hanging out. A couple of others were in the front of the restaurant just, you know, talking. I'm doing a last photo sweep, getting some you know, additional photos and, and whatnot. I walked yeah. through those main doors to the kitchen, and that shadow, just, it was just a wisp of a shadow. I, in my book, I have a lot of you know, different types wisp. of wisp. shadows that I list. Wisp, yeah. yes. And so that one was the wisp. It was just, it was very translucent it was tall um and it was very very fast and it took off right across the room like i had scared it and right. like you said it boom slammed into that door and it was just it was the little side door uh that waiters and waitresses would carry large trays of food through it was just real flimsy you could like okay. tap it with yeah. your finger i know and exactly would, what you're talking about I've yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay great and yeah. and yeah and so it slammed into it, it and the door didn't move. And I'm like, oh my God, what did I just witness here? I call out to the others. Hey, did you guys hear that? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we heard that. Yeah. And, you know, they're asking me what, what had happened. I start telling them, I'm like, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, wait a minute. Are these guys messing with me? Because I was on my own. <laughs> so I'm asking, you know, do you guys throw something at the door? And they're like, no, no, no. We didn't throw anything at the door. I'm like, all right. I, I went there. out through that door. I'm looking around on the ground. No, they hadn't thrown anything. And even if they had thrown something at the door, that door would have moved. It probably would have so, moved. 
Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's what it's. I started questioning right then and there. Okay, what did I actually see here? This was not like your traditional ghost or anything like that. This was right. something else. And you know, over the years, uh, going through that incident again and again and again, doing additional research and having more experiences, uh, what I've come up with at this point is that you know, we were we were witnessing the crossing of two different dimensions there. Um, you know, and I don't know what the catalyst would have been, but for whatever right. reason, and um, you know, basically when something like this happens, what I believe is that um, your the two different dimensions or two different points in time are resonating at the same frequency. They're having this; they have the same vibrational level for a brief moment. Again, why I don't know, but uh, this is what's going on. And it could have seen me as a shadow. Maybe it saw me as a ghost. I have no idea, but I scared it. And when it flew across that room, perhaps in its plane of existence, it crashed right through that door and it ran off into the dining room area. Right. But I didn't see it because in my physical plane of existence, you know, that, that door is still closed. But yet sound works on a different wavelength. And yeah. so I was able to actually hear it. I just couldn't see it because we're on two different dimensions. Right. I love, I, I absolutely love the whole dimensional thing. I, I, I wish more people <clears throat> would actually spend a little bit more time kind of outsourcing this when they're on investigations and stuff like that. And, and it's not just the dimensional thing, but you were also talking about like the time traveling thing too. Mm -hmm. And, and that was, I mean, that's another thing that really, I, and actually, I think that's actually something that by now it does pique a lot of people's curiosity and interest, especially if you've seen some of the photos and some of the videos that are out there and on YouTube, you know, they're, they're public for you all to see, go watch them for real. It, it you should, but when you sort of talking about that as well, I was, you know, it just, it, it really puts things out there in a different perspective when you have somebody like yourself who is willing to, you don't just call things out. You know what I mean? You, you go into detail and try to explain that, oh, well, you know, it could be this and it could be this. And it, I'm not saying it's this, but if you look at the details, if you look at how this happened, if you, well, there's a possibility that it could be this. And the whole time traveler thing, it, I think you had a, a YouTube video about it. And and I was like, okay, yeah, you know, this this makes sense. And it kind of also revolves, it kind of also kind of wraps into the same kind of ball with the whole dimensional thing too. You know, a, a different dimension, well, that would be a different time as well, quite possibly too. So if you kind of mix them all together, why aren't why aren't more investigation teams or research teams kind of? And I I guess like when Scott and I were talking, it's okay. This guy is on to something, and you kind of educated me. You you educated <laughs> me, and it is definitely something after looking more into your work and how and especially how you word things. I will probably go into each and every single investigation from here on out with kind of a different look at different perspectives of things, you know, because I, I have learned so much from you now about the, the dimensional thing and the, the time traveler thing as well. So what is, 
what's the most basic thing that you can really kind of put it out there to our viewers about about your how you feel about the whole time traveler thing? The most basic thing. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to thank you for all that. Right. Well, thank you. I mean, you, you you dished out some compliments in there, and I absolutely appreciate that. Thank you so much for watching the videos as well. Um, yeah, with the with the time traveler concept. Um, okay, so for for me, the the way I've tried to explain this, um, you know, I believe that all time is working or operating concurrently, so past, present, future, all at the same time. And what I tried to illustrate is instead of thinking of time as like a river of time, you know, working in a linear fashion, the point right. A to point B, think of it, you know, flip it basically up on its head and take a, just like a spot on the earth, you know, wherever you're sitting right now and think of every moment in that spot as a layer of a stack, like boom, 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 boom. You could take a snapshot of every moment that has happened, is happening, and will happen in that spot and just stack them on top of each other. And so it's all happening concurrently. Right. And for some reason, again, not really sure what the catalyst is. There are two moments along that stack that happen to whether it's, you know, vibrational again, you know, maybe some sort of frequency that that two are uh, vibrating in the same frequency, maybe call an echo. And for whatever reason, they overlap each other they echo on the same frequency or resonate in the same frequency for a brief moment and we suddenly see another point in time right. uh, you know there are people that have reported seeing like somebody in a victorian dress and that that woman looks at them like they are the ones seeing the ghost uh my friend andrea perrin uh she talks about at the conjuring house that mm -hmm. there oh, yes. uh, she and her mother witnessed from uh the parlor into the dining room a it was a colonial era family that just suddenly materialized in the dining room there are two guys sitting at a table there are a couple of children running around there's a woman cooking over an open hearth and you know at that point in time the fireplace had been you know closed off and the table that they these guys were sitting at suddenly was a different table you know really really interesting and the two guys look at Andrea's mother, and the one says to the other, well, will you look at that, as if she's the ghost. And what's interesting about that is, okay, you know, the parents are getting a glimpse of the past, you know, probably around the 1700s, based on, you know, some of the uh, things that they were seeing and witnessing. But those men who looked at them were actually getting a glimpse of the future. Really, right. really interesting. So that would be what we call is. a time slip. Oh. Yeah. And That'd be wrong. I, you know, I can't imagine it. Could you, could you? Like, that would be crazy to, and it, you know, it, I think when I read that, when I read his perception of this and the whole, like, the, the layering thing of it, do you know what that made me think of, Scott? That picture yeah, was... we saw at the damn Hensdale house no. where yeah. the living room was in, what was it? No, the kitchen was in the living room or the living room was in the kitchen. Yeah. In in that one, and I'm like, okay, like could this even pictures? I I know like people have caught things on pictures where it's like that's not my room, that's not. I mean, it's my room, but it's it's not my room. It's it's showing, and that's exactly what that woman right. showed us at the Hensdale house. 
Where... I, I, I've seen the photo. I just saw that photo this past week, and I've seen that. Oh, yeah, I've seen. Yeah, I've seen other ones that are really interesting. Uh, one yeah. was at a uh, a cemetery out in uh, it was Earlsboro, uh, Oklahoma, and you know the person was just taking a snapshot of this bush that was uh, growing up over a headstone. And what was really interesting about this is that in the photo there was this bar of light from about almost halfway across the photo from the left. And extending from that bar of light was almost like, I, I could only describe it as like a, a plasma and it kind of faded off to the right side. But in that, you could see like somebody's sitting room. Oh, you know, there was like okay. a room beyond. And it's like, you're looking at that. It's, you know, basically it was like a portal opened up right there with the naked eye. You can't yeah. see it. Uh, but yet there it was in the photo. And speaking of the conjuring house, this is something that um, is part of my Shadow Dimension docuseries that's coming out. I'll give you guys a, a little kind of sneak peek as to cool. what to expect. It'll okay. be coming out here very soon. <laughs> um, one of the things that uh, I had captured on film there in the upstairs, people who are familiar with the house will uh, remember that there is an interior window between the two bedrooms up there. Like the the part of the house had been added onto at one okay. point. So there's yeah. this there's this window between two rooms that used to be an exterior window, but now they call it an interior window. And <laughs> there's a lot of activity that goes on around that area. And from that interior window, there's a part of the wall and then the doorway into the room beyond. Well, in this photo, everything in the foreground is clear. But once you get to that window and then the doorway and what's beyond, everything does this shift. And what's beyond in that room, like what's behind the wall, is the actual exterior window that goes out to the house. But you can't wow. see it with your eyes because the wall's in the way. However, right. in this photo, there's that actual exterior window behind the wall transitioned across the room you can actually see it through the doorway and it's oh, where the um there's a chalkboard against the one wall and that window is right where the chalkboard is and you're looking at it like how in the world is the window that i can't see because it's behind the wall actually here at the chalkboard you know so uh, yeah so <laughs> you know scratching my head i know that there's a lot of activity that goes on there i have felt it right. uh you know, people have reported the shadow smoke. There. I had Carl Johnson up there recounting the story of the shadow smoke oh, up there, Carl. Uh, which was really cool. And I'm looking at that. Okay, there's there's definitely some energy going on here, and there's something. I ended up calling it interdimensional phasing. Yeah, uh, I mean, what else can me, what else can you call it? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, uh, the Conjuring House is a place that we have to get to, Scott. No, like, I'm going to call John, too, and be like, hey, John, <laughs> you, you, you want to come with us to the Conjuring House? Because, he, I mean, he's got so much experience being there and living there and everything else. But, I, yeah, I've done already told John, like, if we ever we ever get there to investigate, you're more than welcome to come with us. Because that, but that's a place that I definitely want to get to. Yeah, you'll love it there. It's fantastic. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. If we get pictures like that too, ah, yes. This whole field alone is, is so intriguing. But when you start to actually talk to other people who have the same kind of mindset as you and, okay, they're not just out there looking for ghosts. You know what I right. mean? Like, 
you bring a whole new perspective into this field. And I mean, and you and there's, you know, there's some other ones who they are more willing to talk about all of the different aspects of, of the paranormal field. It's not just, you know, you're going out looking for spoogly booze and, you know, past life people. And, you know, it, you're putting everything out there for people to be open-minded to and to investigate and research. Now, I mean, you know, if they all hear you or not, that's, that's another thing, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's interesting. Right. So what Scott wanted to ask you this, do you want to ask him about what got him all, all started in this? Oh yeah. Um, it last year when uh, the youngest that you were actually knew about it, but the youngest experience that you had, how old were you? And well, the the first like significant paranormal experience that I had as a as a kid uh, was when I was about eight years old. We woke up in the middle of the night, and there was this tall, dark figure standing in the corner of my room. Um, you know, today, of course, we would call that, uh, you know, a, a shadow figure or a shadow entity or, or whatever. Uh, I had no idea from that at that point in time. I just thought there was an intruder in the room and it was about to kill me because that's about what you think at eight years eight. old. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. I, I don't know from these things, you know, I've seen Scooby-Doo, you know, but I'm not thinking that, I'm, you know, I, I'd seen enough on TV that, you know, I, I knew that this thing was going to come up to me and I'd have enough time to gasp and it was going to kill me. Right. <laughs> uh, but I'm still alive to tell the tale. Yeah. Take off his mask. There you go. And have another mask yeah. under it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he would have got away with it too, if it wasn't for this meddling kid. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> so in any case, um, you know, so I'm scared, I'm frightened, I'm trying to scream, but I'm so terrified at the time, you know, my mouth opens and nothing's coming out. And then did something really bizarre. It came up to my bed, leaned over. I'm staring up into this face, but there's nothing there. So there's no eyes, no nose, no mouth, nothing. It's just all black. But this thing grabbed me by the wrists, crossed my arms across my body, and then it ran off down the hall and I turned and I and I watched it go down the hall finally found my voice found my legs ran off screaming to my parents bedroom of course they're trying to tell me that I just had a bad dream they're trying to console me all that and you know I knew I had not You're crazy had Mike a bad crazy. dream yeah. Yeah, I'm just yeah. crazy right <laughs> bad. yeah so that was the first significant paranormal experience. Yeah. And is that what really started? I mean, were there more things that kind of happened after that as, as you were a child that kind of got you where you are now in all of this? There, or did, yeah, there, some time? yeah there, there were. Um, you know, I, when I was a young teenager, um, a, a few other things happened. So we moved from that house in Massachusetts to uh, a new house in Ohio. And as I'm unpacking boxes and putting things away, I started noticing this figure standing in my doorway. And I turned and look, and it would, you know, run off down the hall. You know, and that one was a much smaller hallway, so I say down the hall, but it was kind of like off to my parents' bedroom, just right over there. <laughs> um, yeah, this this happened several times. I'd be unpacking a box, putting something away, and this thing would stand there in the door. I turn and look, and there it would go. And so. This happened for a couple of days. I ended up asking my mother about it, and I guess she thought I was a little bit more mature at the time because you know, now I'm 13. I'm a teenager, I guess. I don't know. Um, and she actually admitted that she had seen the thing too. 
And wow. she was really just very nonchalant about it. She didn't seem very concerned. Um, it was great that she affirmed for me that I had seen this thing and I wasn't crazy. Yeah. Uh, but because she wasn't alarmed, I wasn't alarmed either. So right. I got very playful with this thing. And I started calling him Tom, like peeping Tom. So anytime <laughs> I'd see him, then I'd say, hi, Tom. And <laughs> go running off. Keep up in my business again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that happened for about three or four months and the activity subsided and never really saw him again. So I just chalked it up to, okay, something was there, was interested in who we are. We were the new you know, people in the house, deemed that right. we were okay and went about its business. Um, you know, around that time, it was so into that move when we moved, uh, you know, from Massachusetts, my mother bought me the book, uh, Yankee Ghost by Hans Holzer. Uh, so I started reading that. It was absolutely oh. fascinated. Uh, you know, and it, I got to like the second story and I, I was like, wait a minute. These are actually true stories. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. This is cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's a little different. Um, so I started reading Hans Holzer. Uh, at, at age 13, at age 14, I started reading the Amityville Horror, and um, you know, I was fascinated by that. I was like, oh, I got to go to that house. My little girlfriend at the time thought I was crazy. She's like, you don't want to go to the house? I'm like, yeah, I do. You're going to die, <laughs> man. Don't go to that house. <laughs> right, right. So, and then not long after that, um, I had what I call my first paranormal investigation, even though I had no idea that's what we were doing at the time. Because, uh, you know, back then we're talking, you know, late 80s, early 90s. You know, it's, it's not a term paranormal investigation that we didn't yeah. we didn't really have in our everyday lexicon back then. I mean, they it kind of referred to that um, on the sh on the show In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy. But we didn't have oh, you know, all really paranormal that. shows like today. Yeah. Right. So my friend David and I were at our friend Lori's house and we're just kind of you know, shooting the breeze in her living room, you know, teen drama, all that fun stuff. And <laughs> she was, yeah, <laughs> you know, who likes who and, you know, all that great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, she lived in an older house in the downtown area uh, of our town. And all of a sudden she says, you know, I think my house is haunted. And we're like, oh, this is cool. So, okay, why do you think your house is haunted? So she's telling us about the uh, the old family cemetery that's in the backyard and, you know, different oh. things going on around the house. And um, the main thing for her uh, was in her bedroom. She had this wall that she would always tack stuff up on and then it would fall down. You know, she's trying to hang posters and things like that. And everything would always fall down, whether it was, you know, an hour, a day, a week later, the stuff would fall down. So she was really, really frustrated. And, you know, she thinks it's haunted. So. Okay, we're going to go upstairs and we're going to investigate. So this is you know, our first little investigation. <laughs> so we go up there. We're looking around, checking out the wall. She's going on with more of the story and all that stuff. Uh, my friend David, I did not realize at the time that he was like, an extremely sensitive guy, like ultra sensitive. He put his hand flat to the wall like that. And all of a sudden, he turned this bright bright red and started sweating profusely and i'm looking at david like oh my gosh what's what's going on with my friend i've <laughs> never seen anything like this before this was nuts and so he started going from like wall to wall in the house to see if there are like any more kind of quote unquote hot spots and uh so that was the moment that i knew that this is something i was absolutely fascinated and this was something i was going to be involved with for the rest of my life wow and it's it's so weird because uh, now Scott, you're the odd you're the oddball here, buddy. I'm sorry, I, but a lot of people come in 
come into this field because they did have experiences when they were younger. And it, it just, it leaves you in such a state of curiosity. And I know for me, I mean, it started very young for me. I was, well, I was about your age too. When it, when I realized what was happening, you know, it was probably happening mm -hmm. before then, but I wasn't paying no mind to it, nor did I quite understand what was going on. I just knew there was stuff going on, but it was probably seven or eight years old where it was like, okay, this, that rocking chair should not be rocking on its own right now. <laughs> what is going on here? Like, you know, I'd, you, you can begin to start to realize that what you're seeing, what you're hearing is, is not of, of normalcy, you know? So I think that's what gets a lot of people as becoming a, an investigator or a researcher or, you know, unless you're Scott and <laughs> he, he, he waited to blossom out. And, but at least with you though, Scott, it was, it was your curiosity though. You know, you didn't have experiences when you were a kid, right. but it was yeah, just, yeah, it was yeah. your curiosity. I did when I was younger, I did a lot of research, read a lot of books about it, and once I got to the point that I could, with the fear that got settled enough, then I started to go out into the investigation. And uh, like I said, I did read Hans or two and saw yeah. other books back then, and that intrigued me, and I just joined a group of them from there. Yeah. And, I and we all grew up with the Warrens. You know, like oh, we yeah. all grew up oh, with yeah. the Warrens. Yeah, love the Warrens. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't know who the Warrens were, you were not in the paranormal community. <laughs> yeah, so, right. um, but since then, I mean, I'm more open to when I go on vacations. I go myself up, up more to the environment and I pick more yeah. stuff up, like three EPs, and it's just I can hear whispers. And yeah, so. we talk a lot about using using your own body as your first and kind of foremost tool and, yep. and device. Like when we were on the Mark and Joe show, like they had actually said about, cause they said about, they asked us, you know, what devices do you use? And I was like, well, first and foremost for me is it's my body. Like, and they're like, yep. ah, <laughs> <laughs> that's always my answer too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, a lot of people don't understand that we all we all have these certain abilities about us. It's it's all up to what you are willing to to start exposing yourself to, what you're willing to open yourself up to. You know, I can't. It's crazy to for me as a mom, and you know, you guys are dads as well. So as parents, it's crazy to see your child at teenage years, my oldest, thirteen, to to see and watch him experience something that is within the paranormal realm. And I know grown ass adults who would be so close minded to that. They would never, you, they would never get to experience something like that because they're just, they're absolutely close minded about it. It's not a possibility. The paranormal does not exist. Like, you know, the, the inner dimension thing, they don't believe in that either. They don't believe in time traveling. They don't believe in, um, you know, how many of the other things that we, that we deal with, you know, just the cryptos. It's not just about, you know, human entities either. You know, you deal with the, the cryptos as well in, in this field. Now, how do you feel about cryptos? We haven't talked about that yet. 
Yeah, we haven't. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly it's something I'm certainly uh, open to. I've heard a lot of interesting stories. I've seen some things that, you know, certainly you know, could be you know, some sort of cryptid or, or what have you. Um, so, I, I mean, I keep an open mind to, to all of these different things. I'm not somebody that goes, you know, out there looking for, you know, Sasquatch every week. And I leave that to, you know, those uh, the other guys. But yeah. you know, I'm certainly open to it. Um, the idea that there are, you know, maybe small pockets of, you know, these type of creatures that are out there. You know, why not? We, we come across weird and strange, interesting creatures all the time. When you know, we had the show, the Alaska triangle, the, the idea of just like maybe a small pocket of woolly mammoths, perhaps still being out there. That's not even a cryptid. That's, that's an actual yeah, animal exactly. that we know existed. But, you know, is there possibly a small pocket of them that still exists in Alaska? And so that question yeah. is out there. And so it's, yeah, so you, you could certainly have small pockets of these type of and creatures that are out there. We have to talk about that, too, because I think you are one of, I think you are the only person now that I have come across to be very open about the fact that, look, there is not just a, a Bermudian triangle. We've got the Alaskan triangle. You, it, but there's like four or five different ones that that you have now put out there to people. Uh, there are a lot of different ones, and I, I won't say that I put it out there. I mean, this is um, well, it, it's okay. I've compiled all of this oh, yeah. stuff. Um, I am working on a book about the Alaska triangle, and I do touch briefly on a, a number of those in one of the chapters. Uh, on the other ones, but, but yeah, other people have done this work like Bridgewater triangle. Uh, you know, you talk to people, um, uh, like Jeff Belanger or Lauren Coleman, those guys out mm -hmm. there in Massachusetts who've done the research out there for decades uh, on that. Um, you've got the Nevada triangle. There's the dragon triangle uh, that they've been talking about for, for hundreds of years out in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's really, really interesting stuff. So the, you have these triangle areas all over the world and, you know, really it's the Bermuda triangle that kind of, coined that term yeah. uh, triangle but I, I think what's happened is over the years people have kind of realized wait a minute that same phenomena that happens there in that bermuda triangle happens in these other locations in the world and you know uh, you know, people have realized, okay, this is actually, you know, they have the same type of properties, that same vortex energy that's welling up from the magnetic core of the earth and causing a lot of this strange phenomenon to happen, whether it's, uh, you know, these strange disappearances, you know, a lot of these cryptid sightings, um, you know, strange geological things going on in the area. Just, you know, heck, when I was first up there in Alaska, I was stationed there for three years. Uh, in the Air Force, 92 to 95, and within the first few months that I was up there, I'm, well, heck, when I jumped off the airplane, there, there was still ash falling from the sky from a volcano, but within oh, the wow. first few months, there was a plane taking off from the Anchorage airport, and just the engine fell right off the airplane into a parking lot <laughs> oh, of, of a supermarket. It's like, what in the world is happening up here? It's, it's crazy stuff. Yeah, how does something like the that happen? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I would not want to be on that plane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or on the ground, that's what. Yeah, but, but you hear about a lot of these, you know, airplanes going, you know, yes. missing without a trace, mm -hmm. you know, ships and, and all those, you know, sorts of things. And, you know, these people are never heard from or seen again. And, you know, there's search parties, thousands of people out yes. there looking, millions of dollars spent looking for them. They're never found. Uh, the one that we covered significantly on the Alaska Triangle television show, The Missing Douglas. 
It was just a couple of weeks later after that huge Douglas Skymaster went missing that a smaller plane crashed in the same area. They found it immediately. Everybody was pretty much fine, by the way. But you know, how is it that, okay, you find this little tiny plane and they're basically around the same area that this huge one went missing. You can't find anything of the big one. But yeah, right. the little one, yeah, not a problem. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. I, th I think I've probably seen every episode now of the Alaskan Triangle. And I'll tell you why. Because, well, thank you. <laughs> my, my, my husband has this job where he, you know, he gets to, if he wants to, he can relocate and everything else. And one of the places that we have been talking about going now for probably about seven years is, is Alaska. And I'm like, you need to watch this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, so, it's beautiful in Alaska, but I'm going, <laughs> ha, ha man, something's going to happen and, and we're just going to fall off the face of the planet and they're never going <laughs> to find us again. Like, <laughs> This is what I'll say about Alaska. It is an amazing place to visit. Absolutely beautiful. There's a lot to do up there. The countryside really cool. is gorgeous, but to live there is difficult because I the bet. winters drag on for so long there's a lot of alcoholism up there there's a lot of yeah, suicide up lot, there which yeah. is very unfortunate uh, because you're basically talking from october to about may is, is winter i mean it might start you know loosening up a little bit in april you go through a what they call breakup spring breakup yes. but yeah i mean you're, you're talking months upon months upon months of, of winter and you know where i um i was in a secure facility in the basement of a building right. and if i did not go out for lunch during that day i didn't see the sun for that whole day now in the summer it's the opposite in which right. you know it's light all the time but mm -hmm. it's just a, it's a short window with those summer months so what i tell people is it's a beautiful place to visit go up there go enjoy it you i yeah. You don't want to live there. I mean, <laughs> yeah, some people I, love living up there, but and it's like more power to you, but <laughs> Yeah, he's I mean, yeah. he's all about the cold and he's all about the, the I'm all about the warm. I'm like <laughs> mm -hmm. total opposites that way. I'm like yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong, it's absolutely beautiful. It is. It's really gorgeous. Yes. I don't know, unless you're going to build me a big huge house in just the absolute middle of nowhere like <laughs> where i don't have to worry about all the, the, the buggies and the alcoholism and uh I, I don't know like i just don't know <laughs> the boy i mean the boys might love it but i i don't yeah. like cold weather mm. he can I mean, move there it, it makes, it's, it's it's beautiful uh, again, looking at even during the winter, you mm -hmm. get to see these you know gorgeous snow covered mountains. You get to see the aurora borealis. That's absolutely oh, beautiful. Yeah, it that. just it drags on. It, it does, yeah. unfortunately. So. And the, the whole daylight and then it being night for so long too mm -hmm. is something that I think would absolutely just drive me crazy after a while. And I mean, and there's it has. I mean, there's been people that have gone there to move there, and they're just not prepared for what they're going to deal with, and it it drives them batty yeah it's a whole yeah, different world yep it is it absolutely is so i i wanted to talk to you a little bit about something and i i haven't seen unless i missed it but i haven't seen anything with you really talking about your thoughts and opinions on like sleep paralysis and oh. and what this what what are your thoughts and opinions because i know like some people when when they go through sleep paralysis it's like you know this is 
this is a, a negative entity. This is the term that we hear an awful lot is this is something demonic that is is okay. doing this to me. It's so I would love to hear your thoughts and opinions on this. So so in, in this book, Walk in the Shadows, there's an entire section <laughs> okay. on that. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, you know, sleep paralysis, it, it's a real biological phenomenon, and I've actually experienced it a couple of times. Um, but it is separate from uh, the actual shadow phenomenon. The medical community likes to link the two together, and they like to say that, um, you know, when you uh, wake up and you're experiencing sleep paralysis and you're seeing these shadow entities, that these shadow entities are just a hallucination from your dream. And I have a, a number of different problems here with this. Uh, for, for one, um, you know, we dream about all different kinds of things. We don't just dream about people. You know, right. I, you, know you dream about, it could be a car or a motorcycle. There could be trees in your dreams, planes flying overhead. I've had dreams of being on stage with Motley Crue, and I've never woken <laughs> up to like 10,000 people in the being audience. A pirate thing is going out. That would be awesome. It would be fun to wake up to that. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> But that's not what happens. People report waking up and seeing, you know, this this shadow entity there, um, you know, this this person standing there. Um, I've also, like I said, I've experienced real sleep paralysis a couple of different times. Never saw any shadows at all during my sleep paralysis experiences. Doesn't mean others haven't. Um, right. But you know, people see shadow entities at all different kinds. I've only seen one shadow entity related to sleep in my life. That was the very first incident that I had that story that I told a while mm. ago. I woke up. Um, I was wide awake for it was not asleep at all. I was able to move, didn't have sleep paralysis. My arms crossed. I was able to turn my head and watch the thing, uh, run down the hall. That's why I wasn't paralyzed during this. Right. Um, you know, and the other shadow entities that I've seen, I was up awake, moving around on investigations, you know, the, the one putting things away in my bedroom. So yeah, it had nothing to do with sleep. Um, what I think is going on here, really, when it comes to uh, sleep paralysis and then uh, the uh, shadow phenomena, I think there are two different types of phenomena to, that just happen to happen at the same time. Uh, again, with the sleep paralysis, real biological phenomena, it, our bodies, so that we don't act out our dreams while we're sleeping, will paralyze us so that we, we don't right. do that. Um, it. You can also happen kind of the opposite way, which is what happened to me with in that um, my body was so exhausted, so tired that I just my body shut down. It turned off. It went to sleep. But my mind was still awake, which was really freaky because uh, the couple of yeah. times this happened, it was like 17 years apart. But both of them were during situations where I, where I was at work. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I didn't want to get in trouble for, for sleeping on the job and because I'm hearing everything going on around me and it's like, okay, this is not good. And I was able to coax myself back awake, just kind of slowly, you know, can I wiggle a toe? Okay, I can wiggle a toe, can I wiggle a foot? Um, and able to get myself out, kind of working up my body like that. Um, but it was definitely frightening, especially the first time that happened. I had never experienced that. So, okay, it's a real biological phenomenon. Now, you have kids, so you would understand this. Um, so people who have, who have had children are very familiar with child wakes up in the middle of the night, they come up to your bed, and they want something, whether they had a bad dream, they want a glass of water, need to go to the bathroom, whatever it is. Um, my youngest child, Cameron, was notorious for just coming up to the bed and not like tapping me on the shoulder or shaking me awake. He would just stand there. 
and just oh. stare at me. Yes. <laughs> you you find that happen? Yes. It's creepy. You just wake up like, that. oh my God, yo, what are you doing? Yes. And I need to go to the bathroom. Okay, I had a bad dream. Okay, we'll take care of it. But <laughs> what is it that woke you up? Because all they were doing was standing there and staring at you. What woke you up, what woke me up with Cameron was their energy, their presence. You could feel that. We each have a toroidal energy field around us that extends out several feet. So when they come up to the bed and they're just standing there, your energy fields are crossing each other and you're able to feel that. And that's what's waking you up like, oh my gosh, okay, oh, you're, you're there standing there and you need something, cool. The same thing is happening with the shadow entity. You are waking up because you feel their presence in the room. And it could be at the end of your bed, could be in the corner. Some people report, you know, the shadow person being next to the bed like that. And so you're feeling their energy, you're feeling their presence, and you wake up. And sometimes you just happen to be in a state of sleep paralysis when that happens because sleep paralysis is a natural biological phenomenon. Right. It happens. And so what ends up happening then is, you know, somebody wakes up, they see the, the figure standing there. They're frightened because, again, that whole, there's an intruder in my room. Oh, my God, what's yeah. going on? I'm paralyzed. Holy crap, what's going on? Um, and then when it finally, like, registers, there's a shadow figure. And so they start, you know, putting all these things together of, um, you know, the shadow person is making me have the sleep paralysis and things like that. It's like, eh, no, the shadow person is not making you have the sleep paralysis. You are naturally having the sleep paralysis. The shadow person woke you up just by being there their presence woke you up but right. yeah there are two different things happening at the same time okay okay that's interesting i know it's i've had it happen before too and and i, and I yeah. what like three times now i think it's happened for me I, what scared me was the one time that it happened i was oh, i was big fat and huge pregnant with my one son and it does make sense now that you that you kind of put it that way because I had seen I had actually seen three shadows standing at my bedroom door, hmm. and I ended up I had a pee so bad after I woke up and I'd come <laughs> to and I'd realized what was going on but like my leg still did not want to work yeah so I literally ended up crawling to the bathroom so so I could go to the bathroom and I mean I probably sat awake for a good two, three hours after that and just tried mm -hmm. to figure out what the heck just happened. Like I'm used to seeing shadows. I'm used to seeing, you know, I'm used to seeing that kind of yeah. stuff. I've been dealing with it since I was a kid, but I could not for the life of me understand why I was, why I felt the way that I felt when I woke up, why I couldn't move, why I couldn't even speak. I couldn't even, I couldn't even yell for my husband. Like I was just, so I, I'm glad, I'm glad you kind of put it out there like that. I never thought about I hope that. I was able to help. It does yeah. make total sense. That does actually make total sense. But yeah, and a lot of people are, are, are scared by it. They, they do think that it is something in relation to what you're seeing. It's that shadow that is doing this to right. you. It's, you know, and we know that the chances of that happening are actually very unlikely. You know, most people actually do come across good entities or spirits versus something that is out to really cause harm or malicious or you know what I mean? At least in right. in my encounters, it's we're not coming across demons at every place we go investigate. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Well, 
They're yeah, everywhere. yeah. Not not everything's a demon. Yeah, and, and people fear what they don't understand. Yeah. Um, and, right. and I totally get that. But um, yeah, and unfortunately, a lot of people have painted shadow entities as being like the darkest of the dark and the evil uh. of the most evil things. And it's just like, you know, some of these shadow entities are just like somebody's Aunt Trudy that's that has yeah. shown up and they're looking in on somebody. Uh, you know, some of them so a lot of these are actually you know human spirits and they're not evil. I've I've seen uh the apparition of a little girl morph out of shadow smoke and you're not gonna tell me that the little girl is evil. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Right. So you have now I did not mention everything. I know I did not mention everything that you have going on. Um, I think I did leave out a couple of uh, some of the places that you had had articles actually, you know, posted and stuff like that. I only listed two of them. So um, do you want to kind of just let everyone know what all you sure. do have going on, what all you do have published? I know you have a few different books. You know, we've talked about one so far, but you actually have several books. So where can everyone find you? What, you know, how can they find you? Yeah, you can find me MikeRicksecker.com. That's my uh, that's my primary website. Uh, the big project right now has been the Shadow Dimension docu series. So where I delve okay. into uh, you know all of this different all these different types of things that we've been talking about, but actually going to locations and searching out this type of shadow phenomenon and seeing if we can find uh, some answers to this. So it's six episodes will be coming out very soon. Um, the every, everything's, you know, with the distributor right now. And I just got word a couple of days ago that, you know, it is being placed in some, on some different services, but I don't have any dates as far as release, but you know, we're looking like over the next month or two, uh, it will actually be uh, released. And uh, so, Primary locations are the Conjuring House and Mineral Springs Hotel in Alton, Illinois. Oh, um, cool. Absolutely fascinating. <laughs> Got some uh, great people involved with this, like Carl Johnson, Andrea Perrin, uh, Johnny Enoch, Alexandra Holzer is involved. So oh, wow. um, a lot, okay. a lot of great people. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's the Shadow Dimension docuseries. And then to go along with that, I have the Connected Universe Portal website. Uh, which is connecteduniverseportal.com. It's a site in which I'm you know, teaching courses on you know, like shadow entities and other phenomenon. And then I have a membership site that has, uh, we have like monthly Q&A videos and all kinds of articles. There's behind the scenes and sneak peek videos and just all kinds of stuff out there for people to really dive into and get more information about these things. Okay. And then are all of your, all, all of your books, they can be found on Amazon. Correct? All the books, all the books can be found on Amazon. You can go through my website if you want, or just you know look mm -hmm. up my name on Amazon. You'll find it all there. Yep. Okay, and you're also on Twitter, and you're on Facebook. Right, and Instagram, mm -hmm. and yeah, pretty and much Instagram, all the social media, those, TikTok. I mean, yeah, Twitter. yeah, yeah, TikTok. <laughs> I should Crazy how much you have to keep up with. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is, and that's why I said in the beginning, like you really have a lot going on. I know how hard it can be, and I don't have near as much as what you have going on, you know, but it's the social, all the different social media outlets that, you know, I keep up to date with the website I keep up to date with. And now your kids are grown, but I'm still chasing ones around the house. Yeah. You so know? you got a lot more so work to do. It, 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 <laughs> yeah. It, it, it can be interesting some days. Absolutely. Yeah. No mm -hmm. doubt. But yeah. So, so is there anything else of, that we really didn't talk about that you, yeah, that, a, a couple of, uh, 
events that are coming up here really yeah. soon. So there's the Paris Icon at uh, Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield, Ohio. That's uh, May 22nd, 23rd, which is going yeah. to be amazing. Uh, that's a fantastic building if, if you haven't been there yet. Okay, <laughs> yeah. fantastic. I'll be, yeah. uh, happy to meet you guys. Yeah. Uh, directly after that, June 6th to 12th, is the uh, Laughlin UFO Mega Conference in Laughlin, Nevada. Uh, it's a week long conference. If you can't attend it uh, physically, because they, with Nevada's rules right now, they can only let 250 yeah. people into the building. You can attend no. it virtually. So a virtual okay. conference is available for that. And then, you know, seriously, directly after that, within a few days, July 18th through, uh, or June 18th through July 2nd, uh, it's the return of the Kepper cycle tour in egypt so if anybody wants to join us for that uh you can jump right on that as well yeah i saw that i did yeah. see that earlier i was like man yeah, it's gonna be like... amazing yeah yeah so and that's actually going to be shadow dimension season two i'm filming part of that there in egypt oh, so that's gonna be like okay. oh, yeah. oh that's, that's awesome wow yeah <laughs> yeah See, we need to hang out with this guy more often. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he's right, he's right down the road for me, so. <laughs> yeah, you're right down the road, yeah. Yeah, maybe for you, Scott, okay? Just smear that one on in there, yeah, too, buddy. Well, I love you, I, too, I, man. I, I, every test I get, I have to do that, because you're always going to I know. We <laughs> had to go all the way out to Indiana, jeez. Well, I'm only, what, two and a half hours? Two and a half hours, three hours away from Scott. And okay. Where in Indiana? Columbus. Um, like Anderson, Muncie kind of area. Oh, Muncie. Um, okay, sure. I know where that's I'm at. Like yeah. 40 I should drive minutes, by there all the time. Yeah, I'm like 40 minutes north of, of Indianapolis, which I'm mm -hmm. okay with being out of Indianapolis. Yep. But yeah, I go five minutes one way and it's nothing but cornfields. Yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> so I won't complain too much, but yes, we are looking forward to the Paracon because him and I, uh, Scott and I will be there on Saturday. So we're definitely going to have to find you and uh, get you to sign a, a book for us or something. For absolutely. Sure. I'd be happy yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. So it's 10 o'clock, guys. I don't know if you want to wrap it. We normally try to, to go for at least an okay. hour. We could talk forever for you, but, you know, maybe we'll have <laughs> you back sometime and discuss more of the, the stuff that you've got going on. Because I'd love to hear more about, you know, some of your other sure. books as well, too. But yeah. we don't want to hold you up all night. No. All right. <laughs> and, well, thank you guys so much for having me on the show. Yeah, I absolutely appreciate it. Thank you, you. for coming. To to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and you know we'll stay in touch. We'll you know we'll see you in May, and we'll definitely keep right. in touch. And maybe we'll have you back on sometime and go Sounds over good. some more of the stuff that you're involved with for sure, for sure. I'll send I'll send a file to you then your email. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Right. okay. Well, thanks yeah. for very joining soon. us. Uh, thank you very much. Have a good absolutely. evening. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.